This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Amen. Okay. This evening, thank you for really standing the weather and coming out. It's really awesome to to have all of you guys here. We first thought that maybe we should keep the service at at the office, but um, we don't know how many people would come, but it looks like we've got a couple of people here this evening, which is really awesome. Um, some of the left behind, some of the M students I see, and uh, some newlyweds that came back from honeymoon. So we just want to thank everybody. I want to thank everybody that is here this evening, and especially to... To Jesus because he's wanting to do something extremely special in each one of our lives. And then I would also like to welcome all those that are streaming in. Um, you guys are welcome. If you maybe look, watch a little bit later in the week, you're still welcome. So the sermon sermon's title this evening is Living Fruity. And I could actually have left the, the whole message and we could have just stopped there with Stefan left off because um, he summarized the, the whole sermon basically in his, in his offering message. So thank you, Jesus, for giving it away. <laughs> um, then this evening, I'm going to give you some keys to, to live a fruity life. And we'll, we'll get to the fruity part a little bit later. But this evening, I'm really trusting God, that each one of us will have a hunger for the Holy Spirit. You see, without the Holy Spirit, nothing of what we are doing is possible. It's the Holy Spirit that makes it possible. But before we continue, let's start with Scripture. John 15, from verse 1 to 3. We're going to delve right into it and we're going to start with the tough parts and and then we're going to continue it's really i'm really excited to be here this evening to share the the word with with you guys um just before before i came here my whole family left for holiday my kids are with their grandparents and my wife is on a business trip for the week so i'm a bachelor for this week it's really amazing um because Yes, I, I do miss them and I really love them, but just to have some time and, and not to get up at one o'clock in the morning and all sorts of crazy, crazy times. But yeah, really looking forward to this, this week, um, spending some time with the boys also, the boyfriends, the, the friends that, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's start with the scripture. <laughs> I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. So who is the true vine? It says that Jesus is the true vine and that Father God is the vine dresser. So he prunes those, those areas. And why does he prune out those areas that doesn't bear fruit? Who can, who can say why he does that? 
he does that so that the whole vine is protected. So that there's no branches that comes out that takes energy away. That's why we get those branches that are pulled out, that are cut off. But then there's also these good branches that are bearing fruit and they are being pruned. And many times we go through difficult times and we get upset. But many times those difficult times are actually times that we go through so that we can bear more fruit. So that our vision and our focus can be on the more, on the more fruit, what he's busy doing. Um, I was listening to, to a young, young boy or a family that adopted a boy some, some time ago. And it was really interesting. He went home over weekends, but during the week he stayed with a family and he did everything Everything that the children did, he also did. He was really like part of the family. And then one time he went to his mother that he's staying with and he said, but sure, I don't feel like part of this family. And the mother said, but yo, we give you everything. We do everything for you. And he said, but there's one thing that you don't do. And so they asked him, so what is that? And then he said, you don't give me a hiding when the other boys get a hiding. So he didn't feel like part of the family because he was not included in, in everything. And there's, a, there's amazing scripture in Hebrews 12 verse 8. But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. And verse 11, it's not on there. Now on chastening seems to be joyful for now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present but painful nevertheless afterward it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained so if you are being if you are going through a time of chastening i want you to to focus on what god is busy doing I've seen many times when, in my personal life, when I've gone through chastening, and it's tough when you go through those times, but it is actually God that is busy pruning so that there can be more fruit that you bear. Let's continue in John 15 from verse 4 to 5. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. You see, Jesus wants us to abide in him, and he in us. So I want you to, Tell your neighbor, the person that's sitting next to you, that Jesus is abiding in me and I am abiding in him. See, without abiding in him, it is impossible. And, and many times it's even difficult for us to say that Jesus abides in me 
and I abide in Jesus. You know how many times I hear of people that say that I'm just not qualified. I'm not able to, to do the work of the ministry, whatever it is. And sometimes we can just go back and say, but when we abide in Him and He abides in us, then we can go. Then we can be busy doing the, minist- the work of the ministry on a constant basis. But when we are not in Him, when we are not abiding in Him, then we can't do anything. Fruit comes by abiding in Him. You see, when a farmer goes out to the fruit or to the, to the farm, I was, I was preaching at the African service and there were a lot of, a couple of farmers there. And I was saying, so Donnie, when you go out to the, 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 the fruit trees, do you go and every morning when you, go, when you get up, you go and shout like, grow fruit, grow fruit, grow fruit. No, he doesn't do that. The fruit grows because it's plucked into the vine. And the vine is being dressed by, by Father God. And I want you to note that because we're going to get back to that part just a little bit later. Verse 6 to 8. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you may bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. See here, abide in me and my words abide in you. And look at the next part what he says. He says, and then... When you ask something, I will give it to you. Why will He give it to you? Because we will be asking what He is laying on our hearts. It will be His Word that is in us that we can ask. So, when we abide in Him and His Word abides in in us, then we can ask. And when we ask what He wants, He will give it to us because He abides in us. Amen? How can we glorify God? We glorify God by bearing fruit and when we are His disciples. Let's continue. Verse 9 to 11. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. See, the the Father loves Jesus. And that same way that the Father loved Jesus, He loves us. And that, that is a very significant key. When, when Tobias fell in love it only happened when she was also when she was also responding in that when and that's the same with with God when we realize that he loves us 
There's just something else that happens. Our eyes open, opens up and there's a new relationship that is so exciting that starts. I, I keep on telling the story, maybe you've, you've heard this, but there was this one girl that was really, she was really messy and she didn't really help at home. And then one day, a mother came home and she saw, but everything is like sorted. It's like beautiful. Everything is in place. The room is neat. Everything is like clean. So her mother asked her, what happened? And then she said, Yanni is coming to visit this evening. <laughs> and you see, that is the same with our relationship with Jesus. When we understand how much He loves us and what He has done for us, then our response can't be else than to respond with love. But what does it also do when we, we respond in that love? We want to do what He says. We want to obey what He commands. We want to be obedient to what He says. You see, love equals obedience. If you know you are loved, you will love back. You will be obedient to what He says. See, many times we see um, there's this teaching that goes around that there's just so much grace. And I was listening to another preacher the other day, and one of his family members had a relationship, and she was staying with, with a boyfriend. And then she came to him, and she asked for some advice. And immediately he said, but what you are doing now is, is not right in, in the eyes of God. And then she said, but surely there is grace. And then he responded by saying, if you love me, if you love him, you will keep his commandments. And that is what God wants. He wants us firstly to know his love. Because when we know his love, the obedience part comes. Because we want to please what he is commanding. Abide in his love. Keep his commandments. And when we do that, our joy will be made full. When we realize how much He loves us and we are obedient to what He's saying, our joy will be full. There will be nothing that can like put a lid on the joy that, that is in us. John fifteen fourteen to 12 This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. See, when we are his friends, then we do what he commands. Verse 16 to 17. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. Isn't that amazing how many times he like repeats that in that scripture and also that he commands us to love 
one another. But sometimes it's so difficult to actually love the person that is closest to us. The person that is right next to us. Many times I see, even in my own family, I see more turmoil in, in the immediate family because we are not loving each other. And this evening I want to encourage each one of us to really love each other, to lay down our lives for our brothers and our sisters. Because that is exactly what Jesus came to do. He came to lay his life down so that we can have relationship with him. So that we can have freedom from all the stuff that was keeping us down. Even the difficult person, Christ has given and released the ability in us to love that person. Verse 26 and 27. This is where it really gets awesome. But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, ye will testify of me, and you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. See, that, that part where he talks about the Helper, when we go back to, to Genesis, when God gave Adam, Eve, it's also in that same context that, that he gave Eve to come and help Adam, to make Adam better. So the ladies, you can pat yourself on the back. You came to actually make us men better. But God actually speaks the same way about the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit comes to help us, the parakletos, to come with us, to come alongside of us. And for those that are, that are not married yet, it's really amazing to be married. Um, it's, it's really awesome to have somebody, <laughs> to have somebody that, can, that can help you. And there's so many times that, that um, even bef- I would like just ask and then the voice would come, now go and look over there. And sometimes you get a bit lazy to, <laughs> to not actually do the work yourself. But um, the, the Holy Spirit is the helper. And we can allow the Holy Spirit to do the work. You see, many times we stand in the way of the Holy Spirit because we want to do the stuff ourselves. We want to take charge ourselves. But the Holy Spirit brings truth and He testifies of Jesus. Verse 7 to 11 says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. See, it's better that Jesus went away because even abiding in the vine would not have been possible 
if it was not for the Holy Spirit. See, when the Holy Spirit comes, He's like the sap that is in that vine that empowers us, that comes to give us life. And He comes to do the work. See, many times when when we do ministry or when we go on outreach, and even when we engage with people, we want to many times do the work. But the Holy Spirit is the one that must do the work. The Holy Spirit is the one that convicts of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Because sin, because they do not believe in me, of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Romans 5, 19 to 21. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. That's Adam. So also by one man's obedience, that's Jesus, many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, when we, when we come to God, and I was so amazed with Ruday's message last week on righteousness. It is Jesus that came to make us righteous. It's not out of our own works. It is Jesus that came to, to bring us into right standing with God. There's nothing that we can do to earn that righteousness. There's nothing that we can do to become right. It's only because of Jesus. And when we grasp that, it changes everything. See, when we come to salvation, we actually say and we agree that Jesus has died for our sins and that He has, that he has risen. But we also agree that He has died so that we can be in right standing with God. Maybe you are sitting here this evening and you just know that inside of you, you are not right with God. You are not in right standing with God. Maybe you want to recommit your life to Jesus. I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end of the service to respond so that you can meet Jesus. Because when we understand that we have been made righteous by Jesus, that love relationship starts. And that love relationship changes our lives. Ephesians 5, 16 to 19. That He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend all this, with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. To know the love of Christ 
which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Isn't that amazing? That we can be filled with all the fullness of God. Acts 4.31, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, and when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. See, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, there's boldness that comes over us. Because we can proclaim that we are not ashamed of the gospel. Because the gospel is the only good news. Last night I was, I was sitting, um, we went away for the weekend and, and last night we were sitting with some people that we met for the first time and their little daughter had a headache. And she was very sick. And she only sat on her mother's lap. But we had the liberty, without knowing what the background is, to go and pray for, for that little girl. So you see, when the Holy Spirit is in us and when we abide in Him, then we are filled with great boldness to go and pray. Like the testimony that, that Robert just shared about that boldness that he had to go and pray for, for that guy that tried to take his life. Now before we go to Acts 18, 14 to 7, 17, many times these believers that, that believe that when you are saved, when you come to know Jesus, that you automatically receive the Holy Spirit. But I just want to take, there's maybe one or two or three people that might have thought that, but I just want to read this next part of Scripture. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, which means that they came to know God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet ye had fallen upon none of them, those people that were there in Samaria, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Maybe this evening your, your life is just a little bit dry. Maybe you have never asked God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. You see, Scripture is so clear that when we ask our earthly father for bread, he will surely not give us a stone. How much more if we ask our Heavenly Father for the Holy Spirit, will He give us the Holy Spirit? Maybe this e you are sitting here this evening and you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to ask you to come forward so that we can pray with you. Let me continue. There's still a couple of scriptures that, that we need to go through. Galatians 5 verse 1. So Christ has truly set us free now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. You see, many times we come to Jesus and we are saved, but then there's a time that comes and we want to sort of earn our position of righteousness again. And we end off 
doing a lot of works. We try and earn that place, that rightful place, but God has called us to come to Him, to abide in Him. Because when we abide in Him and we are filled with the Holy Spirit, then the works will automatically come. See, when we, when we are trying to do works to become, then we're going to miss it. When we are, we are all human beings. We are not human doings. We need to be. And from the place of being in Christ, the doing will come. Galatians 5, 13 and 14. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's also a place where we can be in false grace, where the grace that we know doesn't make us free where we actually think that we've got liberty to continue in sin. But true grace, when true grace comes, it breaks us free. It breaks free everything that is holding us back. It breaks us free from that sin that ensnares us. And we can see Jesus. And our relationship with Him is real and alive. If we go to Galatians 5:22 to 25, we're going to end over here. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are in Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Isn't that amazing? That, that when we live in the Spirit and when we walk in the Spirit, these fruits become evident. These fruits become just a way of life. It becomes a natural thing that we grow. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Long-suffering is sometimes very challenging. <laughs> because sometimes our patience just gets the hang of us. Especially when we are in traffic. I was speaking to somebody last week and, and I was explaining a little bit of, of what I was going to share. And then the person told me, but... Are you telling me that I am not allowed to get upset in traffic anymore? And I just responded and I said, This takes you, if that is our response, it actually takes us into the law. Because the question that we should be asking is why? Why are we getting upset? You see, when we are plucked into the vine, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, 
those fruits, they come automatically. It's like that farmer I was telling you about earlier. He doesn't go to the, the fruit tree and says, grow fruit, grow fruit. But the fruit grows by itself because the Holy Spirit is that sap that feeds us. So we're going to end off with the next scripture, John 6, 63. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. That's the words of Jesus. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.